recapping what the New York Giants have done thus far in free agency, plus what's still to be done. Special guest Ed Valentine joins me to talk about it coming up next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm your host, Patricia Chano. Welcome. And today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. And speaking of GM and whatnot, joining me on today's podcast is the lovely and talented Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And we're going to talk about the job done by general manager Joe Shane in the first week of free agency, what's been done, what still needs to be done, and just overall impressions. So, Edward, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me, Patty. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever been introduced that way. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, look at us here. As, as we record, folks, it's a Sunday afternoon. And, and, and look at us spending our Sunday afternoon talking to each other. What, what great, fantastic social lives we lead patty it's 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 awesome well speak for yourself i i I went out last night with my hubby and and my brother and sister-in-law had a had a very nice night out by the way found a really fantastic italian restaurant if anybody needs a good italian restaurant in the hillsborough area i posted it on my instagram account folks you've got to check this place out it was amazing but that being said edward let's talk about the job general manager joe shane has done so far your overall impressions one week into free agency more guys have come than they've lost, but what are your thoughts overall on the direction he's taken this franchise so far? Well, in speaking specifically about the last week, first week of, of free agency, Patty, when I wrote about this at big blue view on Friday, I used the word transformative and that's not necessarily because Joe Shane went out and spent a ton of money and went hog wild and bought at the top of the market, you know, at, at every position. But it's because of, of when you look at what he did, I mean, on the defensive side, signing Bobby Okereke, um at a position where the Giants absolutely needed help, where they simply weren't good enough a year ago. That's a huge help to, to the defense. Um, you know, the, the Nunez Roches signing was also a help to the run defense, which you've listened to Joe talk enough this offseason. That front seven, that run defense is something that that he was obviously wanting to to upgrade. May still do more with that if if a Sean Robinson signs on on Monday. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. But when I talk about transformative. I'm really looking at the receiver group and I'm actually talking about the draft board because, mm-hmm. you know, people are still the, the Darren Waller trade. There's no risk in that for the giants. Really. There's really very little risk. I know they, they restructured his contract. 
But still, at any point, if they were to move on from him, it's not going to cost them a lot in terms of dead money. There's very little risk there. And I still get questions, and I'm sure you get questions, and I see it on Twitter. Well, what are the Giants going to do now about a number one receiver? People, wake up. Look at Darren Waller's resume. Darren Waller is now your number one receiver for the New York Giants. He is that guy. Stop saying, well, we need a number one wideout. Darren Waller's your number one guy. Seems to me that the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowls with a number with a, a tight end as their number one wide as their number one receiver. Seems to me that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski had a lot of success that way in New England. It doesn't have to be a wideout. The top target, the top guy doesn't have to be a wideout. The Giants added Paris Campbell. They brought back Darius Slayton. They've moved on from Kenny Galladay. That looks like they're moving on from Richie James. So the receiving group that Daniel Jones is throwing to, even if they don't add anything else, and I think they'll add in the draft, the receiving group is different. And you look at what they did on the defensive side of the ball, the draft board is a lot different. And for me, that's what I mean when I talk about transformative. Did it turn the Giants from a a nine-win team into a Super Bowl contender? Maybe not yet, but I would say probably not yet. But it changed a lot of things for the New York Giants. Yes, it did. And and very good point about, you know, wide receiver. You know, Joe Shane, actually, you know, if you go back and you listen to or reread the transcript from the end of the year, he basically said, you know, number one receivers, there's a lot of guys sitting at home. And it was almost like he was foreshadowing what he was going to do. Like, you know, yes, you would love to have a number one receiver, like what the Eagles have. You'd love to have that. But he in downplaying it a little bit, you kind of figured that maybe there was another plan that he was thinking of. And that plan, you know, turned out to be Waller. I mean, that just developed for them. So, um, so the very good point on that. Now, when you look though, at what they haven't done yet, offensive line, which I think we can all agree is a big need right now. I think the only center, if I'm not mistaken, that they have on the roster is Ben Bredesen, who also happens to be a guard, not a true center. They haven't really addressed cornerback. Um, you know, they those are two positions I would think that, you know, they're going to want to look at some sooner than later. Absolutely. But, you know, Patty, I think that what happens through free agency is, as I said, it sort of is transformative for the draft board. And free agency a lot of times tells us what, what an organization thinks about the draft, mm-hmm. where they think. The talent might be. And if you look at it, the Giants have a Dory Jackson at cornerback, and then they have, you know, no offense to Aaron Robinson and Cordell Flott and Darnay Holmes and those young guys that they have, but they have a Dory Jackson and a bunch of question marks. Yeah. And a Dory Jackson has really one more year left on his deal before the Giants, you know, could possibly move on from him. So, and I know you study those kinds of things and you pay attention to those kinds of things. To me, the way free agency is setting up is screaming to me that the Giants are looking at the draft for a bigger play at cornerback. They might be looking at the draft for a big play at at another position we've talked about a lot, the center position. Mm. 
because you can play Ben Bredesen at guard and be fine. You've got Josh Azudu, who was a third-round pick a year ago, who they still think is a starting caliber NFL guard in the long term. You still have Shane Lemieux, if he can ever get healthy. You have Marcus McKeithen that they drafted a year ago. You have options to play left guard. What you don't have is a long-term center. And I've talked about this on my show, and I've written about it at Big Blue View. The last center the New York Giants had who started for more than one year is Weston Richburg. And so we're going all the way back to, what is that, 2016 or 17, I think. I'd have to look at it. I think it was 17 that he, you know, when uh, the last year that Richburg played for the Giants. So the Giants have gone through a different starting center every year for like five years now. And you just can't, you just can't function that way. Yeah. You just, you know, I, I would, I would think that sooner or later, John Feliciano is going to be brought back because your friend and mine, Nick Gates is now sadly in Washington. So, you know, I would think Feliciano will be back at some point, but I have to think again, he's a short-term answer until they develop a, a young player. They feel like is ready to take over. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I would love to see them get a young center. And, you know, <clears throat> looking back at history, do you remember the last time the Giants drafted a center in the first round and who it was? In the first round? Yes, because I oh. wouldn't allow them draft. If John, if John Michael Schmitz is sitting there at 25, I would not rule that out as a possibility. But when was the last time? Do you do you remember? I know the answer, but I want to see if you know. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that you know the answer because you asked the question, Patty. <laughs> the thing of it is, I know that Weston Richburg was a second round pick. Right. So we're going back. I mean, we're going, we're going way back. And I, and I honestly don't know the answer. Are we going back like way, 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 way we're back, going back to Edward, we're going back to the days when you had a full head of hair. Oh, dear <laughs> Lord. Oh, dear Lord. I, 1989, Brian Williams. Brian Williams. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I was just barely out of college. Was I out of college? Yeah, I think. No, I was still in college. That's how, how wow. far back we're going. And I ain't getting any younger either. So, you know, but <laughs> uh, that's, it, it's been a long time. I mean, you generally don't see that. But Schmitz is one of the, I, I mean, you talk about NFL ready centers. That guy, every scouting report I've read, every scout I've spoken to, they all say that that's the dude. Yeah. And there are, you know, there are other guys beyond Schmitz too, who could be, uh, who could end up developing into quality starting centers. The, the uh, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin is mm-hmm. one. I think Luke Whipler from uh, Ohio state is another, uh, you know, so there are guys, Ricky yeah. Stromberg from Arkansas is another, you know, mid round type guy that, that you, that might be able to develop into a starting center. So if you don't get Schmitz in the first round, if you think that's too rich for a, for a center and, and we've seen, Centers don't go in the top 10, top 12, right? but they, but they do go in the last third of that first round. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we see teams theoretically, according to, you know, draft analysts, top 100 draft boards, we see teams quote unquote reach for centers, but it worked out pretty well for the, the Dallas Cowboys when they reached 
quote unquote reached for Travis Frederick. Um, I can't remember the the player's name, but the uh, the New England Patriots drafted a center in the first round. I think just last year that people thought were gonna, was going to go in the third or fourth round. Yep. So teams do it. It is a yep. very very important position. It really is, and not to mention you have a young offensive line, relatively speaking. Wouldn't you want that offensive line to gel together, grow old together? You know, you, you get Andrew Thomas re-signed, you know, maybe not this year, but next year you've got Evan Neal on his rookie deal. Then you put a center in there who's on his rookie deal. You know, you you, you have uh, maybe a new left guard. If Bredesen is in, in your long-term answer, maybe one of these young guys on a rookie deal. And then you really just need to address right guard if you're not going to, you know, keep Glowinski. So it's an opportunity for the offensive line, I think, to just grow old together, so to speak. Absolutely. And when you think about it, Patty, and we've talked about this before, you go back to that O'Hara, Snee, Soybert, McKenzie deal offensive line. And that offensive line was tremendous, Mm -hmm. but that offensive line got old. Yes. And, and there weren't replacements ready for those guys. And the giants have been chasing, fixing that ever since, since they, that they didn't have people ready to step in and more than a decade later, they're still chasing the fix. So and it's still a problem too. Yeah. Dude. So if if they think you you know if they think you know Schmitz is a guy who's who's worthy of of the pick at twenty five, I have absolutely no problem with that at all. Yeah, I don't either. Definitely. Although Our, although I would say, listen, you know, I'm a Maryland grad. And, yes. And, and and you know. It, it would warm my heart to see Deontay Banks be the pick for the Giants at 25, the cornerback out of Maryland. That would well, warm my heart. Him. Maybe they get him in the second round because I, I do think, you know, the cornerback class is so deep. I think they could probably get a good quality cornerback in the second round. So, I mean, if I were doing a mock draft today, and eventually I have to do a mock draft because I haven't done one in a while, but I would probably go offensive line and, and corner as my first two picks. I don't know that I would go wide receiver in the first two picks. Yeah, let, let me ask you this, Patty. You know, I see that people talk about Osiris Torrance, who's the guard from Florida, and he's generally mocked, thought of as a late first-round guy, sometimes mocked to the Giants. That one doesn't thrill me. Nah, me either. For the, for the simple reason that if you're going to use a draft resource in those first 57 picks, if you're Joe Shane, I want that player to be a center. Hey, Giant fans. Giants general manager Joe Shane has had some tough decisions to make as he rebuilds the roster, making it into a dynasty. And speaking of building a dynasty, if you think you have what it takes to give NFL GMs a run for their money, then you got to try Ultimate Football GM. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control every strategic aspect of your team as you play through the season and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. Believe me, folks, I've started playing this game recently, and it is so addictive. You can manage every little aspect from uniforms to marketing to salary cap to the draft to trade lineups, coaches, you name it, you can manage it. And this game is so much fun that you can play it offline and compete with your friends for bragging rights. The only thing more real than this game is actually sitting in an NFL GM's chair. 
That's how much control you have over your franchise. And did I mention that Ultimate Football GM is completely free to play and that Locked On Giants listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code Locked On? that's in all caps, by the way, when they register for a new account. So what are you waiting for? Find the Ultimate Football GM in the app stores or visit ultimate-gm.com. And don't forget that promo code. Again, that's in all caps and it's locked on to get your free boost to build your dynasty. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Hey, Giant fans, in case you didn't know, I'm on Instagram. You can follow me at Patty Traina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. I have audio clips. I have interviews. I have factoids. And I will soon have video from Giants OTAs and various other things, press conferences and whatnot. So make sure you're following me on Instagram. And also make sure you're following the sister account, which is Locked On Giants. All right, Edward, let's talk about defense. Now, again, going back to what Joe Shane said after the season in his postseason presser at the Combine, he basically told everybody, we got to upgrade the run defense, which was a big problem. I think the Giants finished 27th in run defense last year. We saw what happened when Leonard Williams couldn't play or when Dexter Lawrence had to come off the field to take a blow. Matter of fact, we saw with Dexter Lawrence, who's only 25 years old, towards the end of the season because he was playing so much, the guy needed a rest at 25. The guy was was taking, you know, the, the guy was being given veteran days off during practice as a 24 or 25-year-old still on his rookie contract, which just yep. tells you how much he, how much he played last year and how much he needed you know, to, to back off. Yep. So that said, they added um, Nacho, Nunes, mm-hmm. Nunes Roches. Love that pick, by the way. They added Bobby Okereke. Um, I always get that one wrong too, Patty. I can't say it right either. And I'm still, you know, I, had a, I had, I had, a, I had a pause there. I had um, our locked on Colts um, co-host on. And he said, just remember, oh, carrot cake. And he says, you'll never get the name wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if Bobby will appreciate that, but I had to stop. As long thinking. as you don't call him carrot cake. No, I don't think I would do that. I don't know him well enough to do that. But he does seem like a nice guy, by the way. He might get yes, a chuckle out of that. But anyway, so they so they added a couple guys there. They're looking at, you know, a Sean Robinson. Um, they they have Ryder Anderson still, you know, Tamon Fox is, is still there. You look at that front seven, to me, you know, they're building up that defensive line, which, you know, Shane basically said they were going to do. But to me, a sneaky need this team still has is at the edge because you've got Thibodeau and you've got old Jalari who hopefully will stay healthy. Zimenez right now is, is unsigned. Um, they brought back Hottie Ward, which, you know, it w- was a, a stinky good move, but do you agree that edge rusher is still kind of a, a need for this team? I think you're right at that. It's a, a sneaky need. The question is when you look at the, the composition of the rest of the roster, I don't think you can use a 25th pick on a on on an edge rusher. I don't think you can. I think that I think that round three, round four, I think you have to supplement that 
or you have to look in the in the second wave of free agency and see if there's a veteran guy out there with some upside that you know a guy that you can get on one of those one year deals you know low cost one year deal somebody to supplement that because right now you know we all love Hottie because of just the kind of person he is and you 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 absolutely know when he's around you know usually because usually because his boombox is around <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and if his boombox isn't around his booming voice is always around but uh but Jahad Ward is not a tremendous player. You know, he's he's a journeyman player with a lot of, I mean, a lot of the the reason why you love having him around is is for the leadership and the locker room and mm-hmm. and and all of those kinds of things. But other than that, what do you have? You have Tomon Fox. So you need more there. Yeah. You need more there. I'm just I'm just not sure when we say you need more that you need to go out and do that in the first round. Yeah. I, I don't think edge rushers is, is going to be the pick in the first round. I, again, you know, you, you look at the depth at the, in the draft center is not ultra deep, but I, I think to me, that's more of the pressing need and um, you know, cornerback, I think they can get a good player. Like I said, in the second round receiver, if they're going to dip into that pool at this point, you know, your, your top receivers, you know, you, you can say Hodgins is going to be one Slayton's going to be another. And then, you know, if Wandell Robinson is healthy to start the season, he's probably your number three. And then Jeff Smith, who they sign is probably your number four. And then don't forget Colin Johnson, who's coming back off of an injury, who was looking good before that injury. As a matter of fact, he's going to probably be in the mix. So receiver, not that big of a, a of a need as, as I see it. And I know a lot yeah. of people ask me, well, what about Odell? And I'm like, guys, I think that ship has sailed. I mean, do you agree? Absolutely. That ship sailed Patty. I, when, when the giants signed Paris Campbell, yeah, I, I never thought that I have never really thought that Odell Beckham to the giants was going to happen. Yeah. The Giants are building, they're still building for the future. They are not a team who's looking at 2023, for example, as all in to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have to win the Super Bowl in 2023 or the season's a failure. If you're looking at 2023 that way, then maybe you sign Odell Beckham and you you give him his $5 million or whatever. You know, if if four million won't make him happy, you give him four point one million and make him happy. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but but they want players who have futures, Patty. They want players who have upside. That's what Paris Campbell is. He's right. a one year gamble on a player who still has a lot of upside. Who's really? I think we only saw the beginnings last year of what Paris Campbell can do as an NFL player, if he can stay healthy, those are the kinds of players that the giants want, not guys who are going to be, you know, who are going to help them for a year, you know, not guys who are, you know, help us get over the hump to win a super bowl this year. They want guys they can build with and go forward with. I I've never thought the Odell Beckham stuff was, was real when it came to the giants. I said this to somebody about a week or so ago, I thought the Giants have played the Odell Beckham thing really well, to be honest with you, because they have kept his name 
out there in connection with them. They have done all the right things. They brought him in for a visit last year during the season. They went to his workout. Joe Shane has said, you know, we'll talk, we've talked to him, all of those kinds of things. What the Giants can say at the end of it when Odell Beckham goes somewhere else was, well, we monitored it. We tried. We looked into it. It just didn't work out. He chose to go somewhere else. Right. So, so they, they, can, they can say, you know, we did what we could or we did what we, you know, we tried here. And they did their due diligence, which you right. would expect them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't leave any stone unturned. And again, Shane said that, that they were going to look everywhere for receiver help. So, mm-hmm. so far, everything Shane has said, he has delivered and, and done. And and, and I wouldn't yeah, right, Patty. And I wouldn't be a hundred percent shocked if they drafted a wide receiver at neither 25. would I. Yeah. But that depends. Again, that depends on their draft board. And that right. depends. I mean, let's, you know, I love Zay Flowers from Boston College, but he's right. probably the fifth or sixth wide receiver, you know, on most people's draft boards. But let's say, let's say, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State who some people think is the best wide receiver in the draft. Some people have him rated a little bit lower. Let's say the Giants love him and he falls to 25. Mm -hmm. Then you might not have planned to take a wide receiver, but why do you pass up the value? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So decisions to be made, but uh, I think we probably can agree that maybe receiver won't be as Pressing. I mean, if it comes down to, you know, a cluster of guys who have the same grade and where need now takes uh, yeah. you know, precedent, you're probably yeah. going to think, you know, like I said, either cornerback or center. If if you have a cluster of guys that have uh, the same grade. Hey, Giant fans, the NFL season might be in roster rebuild mode right now. But the NBA season is in full swing and other sports leagues are getting ready to start up, such as MLB, the WNBA, and so forth. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 if their first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the spread and more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you visit FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, NFL, and more. Hey, Giant fans, thanks for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listener watch every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ed, let's talk a little bit about Julian Love. Um, he departed, not a surprise as far as I'm concerned, a surprise also uh, that, you know, was the return of Darius Slayton. But I want to talk about uh, Julian Love because a lot of people ask me, what are they going to do now at, at safety? And I keep telling people that they have Jason Pinnock. They drafted Dane Belton. They have Trenton Thompson from last year. And I think they're going to add um, a safety. Joe Shane, again, 
at the combine said, look, you know, we're anticipating there are going to be veteran centers, uh, excuse me, veteran safeties available. So we'll look there. So that was kind of like, you know, the handwriting was on the wall. Are you comfortable with where the safety position is right now for this team? You know, and of course I haven't mentioned Xavier McKinney, who's obviously a lock, but you know, he's got to keep working on that hand. Yeah. For right now I am Patty. And, and listen, I get the fact that people are upset. Julian Love was a draft pick. He's a guy that that Giants fans became familiar with. He played well last year. All of those things. He's a good guy. He's a good teammate. He's a good leader. He, you know, he did a lot. I uh, played a lot of positions over the over the course of his time with the Giants. I get all of that. But people, since the day the season ended. Joe Shane telegraphed this move. He telegraphed the fact that he was not going to go out into the market and compete for Julian Love. He just wasn't going to do it. And I don't know what sort of contract the Giants offered Love. I don't know if he took less money to go to Seattle. I really don't. But he t- Joe telegraphed the fact from the very beginning that he thought the Giants would be fine if Julian Love went somewhere else. Yep. And when, when someone like Pat Leonard tweets that he thought there was a, quote, persistent disconnect between Love and the Giants, to me, that's exactly what he's talking about. It's been very apparent from what Julian Love has said about the way he played and, and, and things like that. It's been very apparent that Julian Love saw his value and his ability one way and the Giants saw him another way. They saw him as a replaceable piece. Yeah. And, and that's why Julian Love is in Seattle. Yeah. I totally agree. And, and, and I think they'll add that, they'll, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. a veteran or, or a undrafted free agent, I think they'll add to this, to the spot. I mean, you know, we've got 90 roster spots that you can fill. I have to believe that they will add another guy. Absolutely. Were you surprised that Darius Slayton returned? I mean, that was one I'll admit. I I thought he wasn't going to be back. I'm glad he's back. I think he would, you know, I'm glad to see he was rewarded for, for all he did, but I was surprised that he, he came back. He apparently, or reportedly he had a better offer on the table from Atlanta. Yeah. I don't know what the offer was that Slayton had from Atlanta, but I was surprised that the Giants brought Slayton back as well. I mean, let's let's look at this and let's be real. You brought in, you know, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball came in and it was really obvious from day one all the way throughout training camp. It was obvious that Darius Slayton was not a guy who thrilled them. That was apparent. Darius Slayton ran with the third group all through training camp. I contend that Darius Slayton made the New York Giants roster last year only because Colin Johnson got hurt. Yeah. Darius Slayton was the seventh guy on a seven man, you know, receiver depth chart. He finally got to play, you know, when Kenny Galladay got hurt and Kadarius Tony got hurt for the umpteenth time. And, and, you know, David Sills wasn't getting anything, getting anything done. And he finally got to play when there was really no other choice. And he had taken a pay cut to begin with. Right. I really expected Darius Slayton to go out into the market this offseason and say, 
this is my one chance to go out and get a payday. And I really didn't expect that, that payday, you know, a, a, a contract that could get him, I think, $16.5 million. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that to come from the Giants. I really didn't. But as you said, I'm glad it did for the simple reason that he earned it. Yeah, he did. On the field, off the field, he earned it. And I think I think that's something that will play extremely well in the locker room. Sure. Because he's a popular guy. And I think that when you talk about building a culture and building trust between players and the front office, they rewarded this player for what he did on the field. And I think that goes a long way in the locker room. Sure it does. And and that's a very underrated aspect of it, I think, at any rate. And a final question for you. I want to talk big picture here with what Joe Shane's been doing. You know, you look at the contract Daniel Jones got. It's it's a four-year deal, but it's they can get out of it after two. They have a one-year flyer on Paris Campbell. Uh, I think Bobby O'Karake's deal, they can get out, if I'm not mistaken, after two years. So a lot of deals are not long-term, you know, choke the cap type of deals. Do you like the approach he's taking or does that that just concern you because, oh my God, if this doesn't work out, now we're going to turn the roster over again and not have that continuity? No, I like it, Patty, because you're not, like in Paris Campbell, for example, you know, he had three years of, of serious injuries and had a really good year last year, but you're not overpaying Paris Campbell. You're not tying yourself to Paris Campbell for four years to where you'll have all kinds of dead money if it doesn't work out. The Darius Slayton's deal is for two years. Probably, Giants could probably get out of that after a year if they, if they really wanted to. I, I don't have the the cap hits and the, the dead money in front of me for the second year. But, you know, once in a while, you have to make that big splash. You have to make that big commitment. But you get yourself in trouble when you when you kick the can down the road and you and you pass all this money into the future and and you tie yourselves to guys for too long. So I love this approach. Yeah, absolutely. And that and and some other things that they've done differently. And I last year I remember doing an article about, you know, the contract structures, just how they're structuring some of these contracts with higher um workout bonuses and you know, the the, the way they're setting it up, they're not going to get choked down the line. Even though the cap's going to go up, they're not going to be, you know, scrambling for space down the line, you know, if these deals don't work out. Absolutely. And that's the one thing that, that I have said to people about Daniel Jones contract. When you look at Jones contract and you look at the cap hits, yes, the cap hits go up dramatically, but if the cap hits, but if the cap itself goes up the way it's projected to go up, Mm -hmm. the rise in the salary cap is going to more than cover the rise in those contracts. Exactly. So, you know, if, so if, so, cause I think the, I think the cap is projected to go up $36 million next year. That's less than Daniel Jones cap hit goes up and it's projected to go up another 30 or so million the, the following year. So again, the, the rising cap more than covers the, the rising cap hits for, for the quarterback. So, it's that when I look at it, that, that that was a really good deal that, that Joe Shane 
you know, was able to finally get, yeah, it had a four in front of it, which, which sort of shocked a lot of people, but that's, but it's not a true four though. It's not a true four. And it's also the going rate for quarterbacks these days. It just for, for good quality quarterbacks these days, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And plus it sends a good message. Like, you know, you were talking about before with messages to the locker room and, you know, being fair and everything like that, because that is so important. And it's an underrated aspect of building a roster because, you know, now you got guys that want to come here as opposed to maybe a couple of years ago or whatever, maybe guys were a little reluctant because, you know, of, of stuff that went on and whatnot. But uh, overall, Ed, Joe Shane doing a good job in your opinion so far? Yes, ma'am. All right. Easy enough, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Works yep. for me. Yep. You see, and I, 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 uh, I, I snuck the ma'am in there and I thought you might yell at me, but, <laughs> but I got away with it. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're respectful, I'm not going to yell at you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eddie V appreciate you coming on folks. You can check him out. Big blue view. He also has big blue view radio. Matter of fact, I'm going to be on his show. If you want to hear what I have to say, and Ed, he's going to probably abuse me the way I abused him. That's Always. just what we do. That's Always. just what we do. We'll just we turn. We'll just turn most of these questions around and, and, uh, and Patty will give you her opinion instead of me giving uh, everybody my opinion. So, yeah. And, and like (laughs) I said, there'll be a little, you know, back and forth, but it's part of the show. So anyway, folks, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Giants podcast. Make sure you keep it here all week. Going to have more guests for you. Um, Lots more content. We'll keep doing the shorts over on the YouTube channels with any breaking news and whatnot. Check out the Instagram account, like I spoke about, at Patty Trainer, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A, for video clips and all kinds of cool stuff. For Ed Valentine, I'm Patricia Trainer, Giant fans. We will see you tomorrow.